Hello, everybody. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball After Dark. It's Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe. We are coming to you on Thursday night at about 9.15. The Dallas Mavericks played a nationally televised game against the Boston Celtics with an earlier-than-normal start time, something we're going to miss in the coming Western Conference road trip. The Dallas Mavericks absolutely got waxed by the Boston Celtics, 124-95. to It was not much of a game from the opening tip. Luka Doncic looked off. Also, the Boston Celtics are very good, and the Mavericks' seven-game win streak came to a crashing halt. How are you, Josh? I'm doing okay. Um, can't, you know, can't say, like, like a lot of the Mavericks' recent games, I can't say I'm too surprised with the result. Um, you know, that seven-game win streak was awesome, but they – took care of business. You know, they were the overwhelming yep. favorite in every single one of those games. And now they played a team where that's, you know, better than them. And they lost like, right. Just right. kind of how it goes. I mean, the, the absence of Finney Smith and Josh green and obviously Maxi Kleba, but Kleber is probably just not coming back. Um, felt particularly clear in this game. The mm-hmm. Celtics are built for a title. They are long. They all five positions can move the ball, can dribble, can shoot. They have a great bench. And Dallas Mavericks do not. And, you know, this, this, a few of the guys in our Slack were really pissed about this, which I was sort of amused by because I did not expect Dallas to win this game. I hoped they would make a better fight of things, but Luca looked terrible. And if Luca's going to look terrible, you're not going to win. Everything else is downhill from that. Yeah. I think what was maybe disappointing about this game was, it was a blowout. It's their first. I mean, they won by 29 points. It's the first time the Mavericks have lost by 20 plus points since the December 10th game against the Bulls, where they rested Luca on the second night of a back to back. And then before that, they hadn't lost by 20 uh, in a while. I can't. I'm kind of looking up and down the schedule. Uh, it, it had been a. It'd been a while. So they they don't lose by big margins a lot this season, despite the slow start. So uh, I think that combined with the fact that I don't even think this was Boston's best game. Like they didn't play lights out necessarily. They shot the ball only. Okay. I mean, 37% is good, but you get an eight for 22 night from Tatum. You think that you're probably going to be competitive against Boston, but like just about every single player besides Tatum just absolutely killed them. And Tatum was passing the ball pretty well. They had 29 assists. It was it was really crisp. Well, friend of the show, I still have him on the masthead because I, I hope one day he will he will come write a piece for us again because we don't have <laughs> we don't have word counts like those bums at D magazine. Um Iztok Franco had a a thread up where he's just talked about how the defense has actually like we don't really notice this, but the defense has gotten worse during the oh, win yeah. streak. Um, now that's not obvious. That should be kind of obvious because they're, you know, they're missing their best defensive players, but this game, it was just very evident. I mean, Tim Hardaway cannot be the guy guarding Jason Tatum. (laughs) Um, there was a move, I think it was, which half was it? It might've been in in the third quarter, like eight minutes on a fast break. He had a move on Spencer Dinwiddie in the open court where he shimmied just so and got Spencer in the air at the three-point line and then drove to the line and finished it. And it's like these Spencer, you know, Spencer, Luca, Wood, uh, Hardaway are all, you know, neutral defenders at best and negative on most against good teams. And so it's just this felt sort of written into the stars. And 
I'm not particularly bothered by it. It it comes back to a lot of the same challenges we've seen. I mean, at one point in the third quarter, Jason Kidd had a lineup out there that featured um, Luka Doncic, Dorian Finney-Smith. Not, I'm sorry, my dog walked in. My dog walked in here, confusing me. Um, a, a lineup that featured Luka, uh, Dwight Powell, McKinley Wright, Frank Nilakina, and who was the last player? Was it Hardy? It was it was Hardy, and that's just that's not a lineup of a team that you can expect to do anything. And, yeah. and I'm not I, I wasn't I wasn't mad about any of it. It just it, it's like we there have been some odd social media conversations where it's like I don't I've gotten a lot better about this about like basically raining on everybody's happy parade because I want you to enjoy the wins, but but. If you're talking like I've had extensive, I've been part of extensive group chats where people want, oh, we should we should sign McKinley Wright for the rest of the year. He's great. He's fine. I don't <laughs> want to think about McKinley Wright though. That's not a an indictment of him. It's just a a sort of this is he's a two way guy. <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah. fine. Yeah, and it's it's just it's really the talent depth, the talent dearth on this team is at once a problem, but also I don't think like it wasn't why they lost. They lost because the Celtics are really good. They probably would have lost with Josh and, and, and Dorian Finney-Smith healthy. Yeah, probably. And it's, you know, it's trying to find that balance during that winning streak because yeah, I, Kirk, we've been watching Maverick, you know, just basketball for a long time. Obviously we've been watching the Mavericks uh, most of our lives. I don't remember a stretch of games that the Mavericks just wrapped up when they played Houston on Monday. Like, I don't ever remember a team playing a schedule like that, like a seven-game stretch like that. I mean, six of the seven games were against teams that are currently 11th, 12th, 14th, and 15th in the Western Conference. Four of right. the five non-played teams were six of your seven games. Like that's, I I can't remember that ever happening. Like that was, I mean, I'm sure it has. Like NBA eighty-two games over as many seasons as the NBA. Like I'm sure that something's like that happened. But like just and then their one team against a winning team was a Knicks team that's you know not very you know they're a playoff team in the East, but they're they're a weird team. Um, so. It's just bizarre. Like you just you don't usually go through an NBA schedule like that. Like usually you'll get like one contender or you'll get like one really good, you know, you'll get something in between that. But they just kept just Minnesota, Houston, Bat Lakers, Houston, San Antonio, Houston, like with New York shoved in the middle there. Like it was just crazy. And it's been really difficult to talk about the team because it's obvious that they needed it. And it's great that they took care of business because they weren't winning those games earlier in the season. You know, they lost to Orlando. They lost to Oklahoma city. They lost to Washington. They lost to Detroit. So like it was good. Like we're not trying to take anything away from it, but on the other hand, like there has to be some balance. Like, you know, it saved their season, but they also did what they were supposed to do. If they, if we consider this a good team, which we do, we consider them a solid good playoff team. Uh, they had to win. Like if they would have lost, two or more games in that stretch, we would have been like, what the hell is going on? You know, so they had to win. But at the other end, it's like, Austin's not Houston, man. Like, it's just, it's just weird because there's going to be a desire to 
for the people that don't think this team is very good, this is a game that they can point to and be like, ah, well, that win streak was nothing. It didn't matter. Uh, and then there's people who think this team is good. That's like, well, this is just kind of expected result, you know? And I feel like we can just find a middle ground here where it was like, you know, the win streak was great. It was required. Uh, they took care of business. They're not at the level of Boston, but that's like, okay. Like this roster's miss. Even this roster at full strength is not at the level uh, of Boston talent wise. So, you know, it's okay. Like it's, it's hard to get, like you said, you can't really get mad at this result. Um, other than maybe if you had hopes that they could carry the winning into maybe a bit more uh, of a competitive game. But other than that, you know, what are you going to do? You're missing well, and your, your limited team missing three players in your rotation. And the snarky person in me wants to really like, there's, <laughs> there's some statistical oddities on this where it's just like Reggie Bullock once again, just awful. Oh my God, man. Like he, it, it's, we're, it's, he's, he's just having a rough go. I, I've been pretty firmly in the, I think Reggie will t- turn around camp, but he's got to turn it around at some point and he's just not showing anything. You know, you go through the, the entire starting lineup. Like we know the stats when Tim Hardaway shoots poorly, but he was, he had great looks early and could not connect. And if Dallas was to have a chance, he needed to knock some things down. He missed bunnies. He was bad. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie was inefficient, but not, atrocious in my opinion he just like the man can't finish sometimes i don't understand i I really don't understand it luca was a mess i wonder if luca's sick i also wonder what luca's like injury status is now he played 31 minutes that's got to be the lowest he's played in you know two three weeks um but christian wood and in my opinion you know there's been just an unending amount of chatter for christian wood related to contract stuff and I I don't want to single him out, but I would like him to have a good game against a good team. I don't think that's a ridiculous request. <laughs> and I'm going to get – somebody's going to come at me tomorrow and say, hey, he has been good because blah, 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 blah. And He, he was really good in that win against that blowout win against Portland. He was – he was pretty good in the overtime loss to the Cavaliers, but I know I know what you mean. So that part is a bit of a struggle bus for me. I don't yeah. know. He was also the only guy that was rebounding tonight. So he did, and him, he found you know. himself, but he never boxes out. He's just in the right play. Like he he runs underneath the basket, and he got some good offensive rebounds, which is nice. I don't want to mm-hmm. don't want to crush that, but I'm just I don't know. I'm I'm not down on it. It's just. I wanted to see like this was a game where I truly feel that there was nothing to take away from it, just nothing, and I'm gonna get like congratulations to Jaden Hardy for his 15 points in 15 minutes. Um, he played really hard when he went in the game. Yeah, I that was, was really, really nice. I was excited to see him play hard. He was three from three from three. His shot looked good. He was driving hard. You know, he had he had three of the Mavs seven three pointers, which is hysterical. <laughs> um, but I also don't want to read too much into it. Like he looked like I, he's small, but he's small. And another undersized shooting guard is not particularly interesting to me for where Dallas is going. I cannot invest in that. That doesn't mean I think he's bad. I think he's probably going to be an interesting role player. I'm, it's just this team's timeline is in a different place for me to really like we, I, one of the season previews for him that we had was if Jaden Hardy matters, then we're not in a great spot. Um, 
but it's easy to watch a game like this and if it's like okay if all these guys are hurt like yeah. why can't you play him instead of McKinley Wright or Frank Nelikina well, or Tim Hardaway or, like yeah. mix it up do something and I that I don't understand that that's the area that because I mean you know you saw like, we watch Bullock get 37 minutes running around Hardaway get 37 minutes running around it's like I'm pretty sure, you know, I'm pretty sure the defensive differences between those three at this point is marginal. They're all three bad at defense. So let's at least see the young guy. I, yeah. yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing I noticed watching this game, um, the Mavericks offense still produced some good looks because Luca's is Luca. But did you notice how, how much one-on-one basketball there was by the Mavericks tonight? Like it seemed excessive, the amount of just pick and roll, switch attack one-on-one and sure. that's okay you know they tried to to pick on on horford which makes sense in some certain situations you know they tried to pick on luca had a move on horford early in the yeah. game where he arm barred him out of the way and it was like oh my god and horford's still a good defender and, and a big man yeah so that part was okay but like it felt like the team felt like they were like wait we're not catching the ball and we're not wide open or like I'm not taking one dribble and I'm already at the rim. But that's what's been happening against Houston and San Antonio and the mm-hmm. Lakers. Like mm-hmm. they've just been playing some of the worst defense. Like though, not only are those three teams are the teams they've been playing have been bad, but like Houston and San Antonio might be the two worst defensive teams uh, in the NBA. I don't have the numbers up, but their, their defense is what's especially bad about them. Uh, and it really felt like, the Mavericks were just like, oh, wait, like, why am I not getting a layup after I took one mm-hmm. dribble? And it's like, oh, because Robert Williams is there, because, you know, Jalen Brown is there, because, and J- uh, Jason Tatum's there. Like, you know, it just, it just kind of, the, the, it just kind of felt like a, a team that was like some going out partying or something. And then you wake up in the morning and there was the cold reality of the harsh morning kind of set in in this game. And it was like, that stuff's not, you know, you can beat Houston and San Antonio with that stuff, but you're, you know, you're not going to beat Boston with, uh, with a two-way player getting major minutes, uh, not major right. minutes, we played seven, but being part of your rotation, you know, like yep. the bench was horrible um, because there's not, you know, it's not their fault. It's just, there's no bench left. Like Maxi and Josh Green were part of the bench and when Dorian was healthy, Reggie was part of the bench uh, or Tim, you know, so it's, not the team's fault, um, but it is. It was just a you know little reminder that seven game win streak was crucial, but it didn't. It didn't necessarily change the outlook in terms of like, you know, I've always seen this team as like a four or five seed, close to forty nine fifty wins, and Boston is like a trying for sixty to win the conference. You know, they're just a in that tier below, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I just there wasn't a lot I feel like they could counter with because they just didn't have the guys. You know, like. What are you gonna do? You know, like they're playing one-on-one basketball. Okay, we got to mix it up. Well, yeah, kid tried every player. Yeah. It's just you get into the thick of the bench, and the players are—they're <laughs> not very good. Yeah. And the fourteenth and fifteenth, thirteenth best players on your roster usually aren't good. Right. Be that that's good. yeah. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's it was, true. I, they were looking for that Berton. Like Berton's make going over three from three really sucked. Like I feel like. Mm-hmm. They were really like, okay, if we get back in this game, we're just going to need to make a bunch of these three pointers. And then he didn't do anything, and it was like, all right, well, <laughs> that so, was the that was the wild card. 
we we've talked about this and we'll continue to talk about this, but you you're you're noting of the isolation offense. A lot of it I think is predicated on the fact if somebody's going to hit a 3, which will then free up the isolation scores to do better if the threes are going down. But if Dallas was roughly four of 29 outside, yeah, that's what they were four of 29 outside of Hardy's made threes. There's no looseness going on at the defense. It just, in fact, it only got worse. Like Luca had some horrendous turnovers uh, tonight because he was looking for passes where he would normally find them. Only the defense did not care. And with his sort of, you know, eight to 10, eight to 12 foot game off tonight, like he's shooting a little hard. Everything came off the backboard a little hard. There's just no easy offense for the Mavericks. And, and I'm not, it's, it's not going to happen against, against a team like this. It's just a reminder where it's, they're very dependent on shooting. I mean, you go through this lineup and I like Kimball Walker just doesn't really matter anymore. I, I, I don't know what, you know, to say really. I'm not uh, I this was a scheduled loss to an extent when they play New Orleans on Saturday and Oklahoma City on thun- on Sunday. Those are going to be very interesting bellwether games compared to this one because the the Pelicans are very injured, but they're also much deeper than Dallas. Uh, so if, if Dallas gets, gets whacked by them, that's going to be a cause for alarm. And if they lose to Oklahoma city, who is also kind of teetering on the edge of Tankapalooza, then that'll be alarming. It's, it's just, we're in this such a strange place. It's just such a strange place. I, I hope they don't make a panic trade is really where my head is going because I just don't see this team doing anything astronomically amazing this year maybe that's just me i don't know no that makes sense um i mean we're gonna have the maxi thing really throws a lot off it does he is such a lynch like you know he's kind of like the clue that's like takes them from being like a a more balanced team you know a a team that relies so many on one-way players you know like tim is tim and spencer are mostly all offense little defense you know luca plays defense when he can um, you know, some of these guys, you know, Dorian and Reggie being more defensive minded players, Maxi being able to spot up and hit threes and also play defense was just kind of their, their glue, yeah. man. And the one thing I will say, like, you know, there's not much to take away in terms of like, there were no surprises. This is kind of the expectation. We, this is the result we expected, man. When, yeah, I'm just circling back to Reggie and it's hard to explain. Maybe it's not hard to explain. He shot 37.5% from three in December, which considering where he was in November. And Pretty darn good. Was, yeah, but he only took four a game. And yep. he played 28 minutes, basically 29 minutes a night. Um, his attempts are so down compared to a year ago and then the year before that when he was on that uh, playoff team in New York. That That's the part that really scares me. Like, it is nice that he will occasionally have a two for four game, a three for five, a three for four. But this is a guy that was making, he's averaging about 1.4 three-point shots made. And his minutes are about roughly in line with the last two seasons. I mean, he was making over two, two threes per game the last two seasons. I know some of that's just he's not shooting well enough, but his attempts are down like he's he was 6.1 in 2021 
and five point eight last season. He's four point three now, and his minutes haven't changed that much. I mean, I remember we talked about this in one pot. Like I looked up his per hundred possession three point attempts, and I don't have it in front of me right now, but I could tell you it's not good compared to like his his best seasons. And and that's the thing that's worrying because we see we've seen this Mavs team. You know, when Tim is shooting so much, he kind he can kind of like shoot his way out of a bad game. Yeah, like we've seen games where he shots. starts, yeah, he's yeah, he, we've seen games where he starts like over three, over four. We're like, uh oh, and then he finishes six for fourteen uh, from three, like because he just he keeps going. But like, if red these zero oh for ones, these one for yeah. fours, like it's just while playing. That's and it's got to be said, yeah. bad defense. Yeah, not up to his standard. Not at all. He, the, the Celtics are not a good bellwether because everybody on their team can dribble, but darn, it's, yeah. it's 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 something to see. Yeah, I'm trying not to like blame like this game. No, no, it's yeah, it's it's just if we're talking about like things that have been persist, like if we're trying to look for like longer trends that could be either a positive, like this Reggie thing, like we just keep waiting and waiting for him to turn it around and start looking like the guy that he was a season ago and like it's it's there for a game and then it goes away yep. and that's huge they, they really need that and it's it's just a bummer that it hasn't showed up yet yeah yeah well again we know that they play two games this weekend so we'll have some more to talk about some more minutes i mean i think you know luca didn't luca did play in the last new orleans game and they did not take that one seriously they did not play any defense and neither did Zion, but the, the Pelicans still scored a ton. So, obviously, the Mavericks are not a particularly good defensive team right now, but they need to show a little more fight on Saturday. It just depends what they want to be. I I don't know what they want to be. You know, Tim McMahon says kind of over and over again, not making the playoffs or something in this in the first year of Luka's extension would be unacceptable. And... I, at the moment, don't see a path for the Mavericks to get particularly better, not just in the short term, but also until like 2025. They have so many bad contracts. And it's it's not that I think they're they're terrible. Luca has a floor. It's It's just kind of confusing me. It's like, okay, well, we're going to go try as hard as we can to go do a thing and just hope for hot shooting. And that's that's not fun to watch. Like, I, I don't know. I'm feeling like yeah. moderately ungrateful. Like, I feel like I'm being ungrateful because we just watched a really good Lucas stretch, but yeah. I don't, I don't have a firm, like there's, there's so many reasonable built-in excuses for what this team is and, or, you know, right now. And I have a feeling that that's going to be used as kind of a leverage point. If things go sideways where it's, Oh, well, you know, the team wasn't good because of this. The team yeah. wasn't good also because of those things. Not, you know, it's like the team construction was weird. They made a lot of weird choices in the first 20 games of the season. They had a lot of things not go their way. I don't know, man. I I I, I think what adds to this weirdness is that the West is not as good as we thought it was gonna be. Like Let's be real. If we thought, you know, we thought the West was going to be a, a train wreck in terms yeah. of like just a, a, like so many really good teams, like the Warriors, the Suns, the Clippers, even you know the the Lakers, the Timberwolves, like just teams that have performed 
Mm -hmm. under expectations like we expected i mean people still think the clippers are a title contender and they just kind of are just they're gonna be waxed by the nuggets right now that could change but yeah but you know and they're just a weird team because Kawhi Mm -hmm. just doesn't play a lot and golden state uh is a weird team and steph's hurt and the timberwolves the gobert trade is a disaster the lakers just had a horrible offseason and we just kind of assumed that they would be better and they're not um and so it makes things weird because the Mavericks are three and a half games out of first place and it doesn't feel like we're talking about a team that's three and a half games out of first place but it's just because the West is weird so like that makes it even weird like because we knew going into the season that the most likely and optimal outcome in terms of roster building was they're probably going to just stay pat and wait until their draft picks reload and then make that one big trade that they can make and but then if you're if you're working for this team and and you're seeing these games and you're like man, like Memphis is is leading the comp like we can beat Memphis like we're better than Memphis and you're yep. just and you it's not that hard to talk yourself into well let's go get someone at this deadline Easy. because this year this year is up for grabs right <laughs> yeah so yeah. it's it's weird it's it's very weird um, and we're almost at the halfway point of the season so like. I don't know, like Golden State might go on a run, but like I think the Timberwolves kind of stink. I think the Phoenix Suns are in trouble because Chris Paul is has lost his step. Devin like, Booker's hurt and yeah, Zion's you know? hurt. And yeah. you can do all this talking yourself into it. And that's I heard something on a podcast the other day. It was a football podcast where it said <laughs> and NFL's an NFL head coach's job is to win right now, and NFL GM's job is to win three years from now. And that's been sort of stuck in my head. Obviously, football and basketball are two very, very different sports. But when you have the superstar, you have to be building for both. And I think the Mavericks are probably going to end up fine. I'm really trying to hedge a lot of my bets in that regard because I don't like getting yelled at on social media for having worries about the team. But it just it's it's going to be really confusing if the Mavericks somehow putter their way to first place despite having an actually worse team. <laughs> like they are worse than last year. This is not. I don't know anybody that could. Well, yeah, I'm sure you can throw numbers at me. Like their half court offense. I think you did this. Um, it was not. I can't remember the guy's name online, but he basically went through cleaning cleaning the glass and like filtering out for certain numbers the Mavericks might have like the best half court offense in 20 years which is wild with some of what we've talked about I I, they're just this is just such a bizarre team 20 games they're weird at 40 games they're weird I'm not tired of talking about them I just don't have any conclusions to draw and I hate that I wish I, I wish I had more definitive feelings about this team yeah same and I think you know Luca Luca covers over a lot of warts and and that's what having an all-time talent does. So uh we'll we'll see. Um I think at least I mean we're through that part like I'm going to be honest, I mean people might hate me, but I was ready for that part of the schedule to end. I know the win streak was awesome uh and it was it saved their seat like, you know, could you imagine if they went like 4 and 3 in those 7 games instead of 7 and 0? Like, I mean at that point I would have been openly calling for the fact that they just need to sell off pieces it, and tank. Sorry. Right. Right. Like, <laughs> like that's that's where I, they were at as a, as a team. Like they had to win all 7 of those games or it would yeah. have looked really weird. Um but like I'm just I want you know I I like seeing them against Boston cuz that tells me more of where they need to go. I want to see them play New Orleans. I want to see them play the Clippers. 
I want to see them play Portland. I want to see them play Miami, Atlanta. Like, I just want to see these games. You know, they haven't played Sacramento yet. Sacramento <laughs> is is the fifth seed, and they're they're pretty solid right now. Like, yeah. There's still, you know, they've only played Memphis once. And I keep making jokes about how much the Mavericks own the Grizzlies the last year and a half, but they've, I want to see them play the, the Grizzlies again. Like, I just want to sure. see where they stack up. So uh, I'm just, I'm glad that they're through that stretch. I'm glad that they took care of business. But, you know, even with a bad loss, I, I, I feel like I'm learning a little bit more when they play against these, these teams that are, they're trying to emulate, you know, they're trying to be at that level. So. Yep. That matters more to me than seeing like playing three, four consecutive games against teams that are trying to lose games, basically. So sure. give me that. Well, of course, we talk longer about a game we had nothing to talk about. But that's just for the course. I had fun. I like talking hoops with you. We um, had two days off. Yeah, we did have two days off. That's a good point. And I need to uh, I need to get back to doing the Moneyball Minute posts. I was just sort of one, exhausted, and two, like, moderately despondent. But there's been some good writing on the team. Tim Cato had a fun piece. I recommend people go check out on The Athletic. Mm-hmm. You wrote a really nice piece, like seven things, you know, a number of things we, we can take away from the win streak. Um, there's there's good stuff. Again, everybody, you're listening to stu- You're listening to me here. If you read something or watch something that you think is good, send it to me. I don't have the bandwidth to hop and scroll through things anymore. And I want to both see and read things that are interesting. I like sharing other people's work. It is very, I'm just going to say it's the end of a 30 minute podcast. My favorite <laughs> thing is how fucking obvious it is that none of our peers in the Mavs media ever share any of our work ever. I know Twitter doesn't matter to our traffic. It doesn't, but it always makes me laugh where it's like, I have one of the biggest Mavs followings and I share so many people's work. I never see anyone share our stuff. Share our stuff, guys. Thanks. Anyway, we have a ton of we have a ton of like uh, stuff at Mavs Moneyball lately. Obviously, not all of it's art, but we're putting up four to five pieces a day. We have a really fun piece that's either going to come out early next week um, from Jordan Burdess. We have uh, a breakdown of the uh, Mavs plays that were the NBA top one hundred that's coming out tomorrow. Like our our guy, um, we have we have one guy that, that does wonderful like. So he trolls YouTube and put together like some of the best videos he's seen, you know, related back to Lucas stuff, big fan of big fan of those sorts of things from Brent Brooks. And it's, you know, I, I just, I like the work we're doing. It's something for everybody. It, it's, you know, you'd think that this season would be a bit of a draw, like bleh, to write about, but oh, we're finding, we're finding fun things to do. So please come check us out. Um, Josh, you got anything else? No, I echo everything you said. You know, I think I think December, we had a lot of games in December, and uh, it's not only was it a lot of games in a month, it was in a month that's like really difficult for our staff yep. because again, just about majority Always of the staff work. is yeah, who wants is this to work? Let's yeah, <laughs> and who wants to work their second job that doesn't pay them a lot of money? Like you know, so the fact that uh, you know this time of year is we usually when me and you are sending Slack messages are like, hey, do you guys want to <laughs> write about this? Yep. That we weren't really, and guys were just taking off and, and writing about stuff. Uh, you mentioned, um, oh my gosh, I'm going to butcher her name. It, Matt, our column. I hope it's like, Matt. I Matt know. Robinson. She's no, like she quietly never writing. Us. I, I know. I hope she's going to listen to this and laugh. I we Matt, tell it. I don't want to call her Mrs. Robinson because that makes me feel a Robinson, thousand years old. Yeah. Um, but I do want like she needs a. She writes some amazing weekly pieces for us. Yeah. Just great stuff. Like this is why I got into reading about sports. It's fun. So right. she's quietly gone on the radar. I feel like, especially kind of bouncing off your point about how 
none of our media peers care much about what we do. Right. Uh, Which is fine. We wax yeah. most people in traffic. So, ha <laughs> <laughs> So Met's awesome. I love, I love her work and she just like randomly DM'd us over the summer. And, you know, so like that, I always love when stuff like that happens. Absolutely. So we got good stuff on the site. All right. Well, we'll be back on Saturday. Um, thanks so much for hanging out with you guys. We'll, uh, we'll talk soon. This has been Kirk and Josh. Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Bye.